Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time, welcome. Welcome to the family. If you are a regular, you're awesome. I just want you to know how awesome you are, and thank you. Today we got a very intelligent guest who is very skilled at helping people, high achievers, reach the next level. That's what she specializes in. Um, we had a great conversation, and before we, me and her talked, I I studied her, I did some research on her, and I really I her story really touched me. It really was emotional talking about her mother and. It's just, well, we'll get into the story. I'll let her talk about it, but it really touched me and it was really emotional. So it, it, it's easier to relate when, because I went through not the same thing, but a very shocking situation in my own life. So when someone else does too, I, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, you have too. And it's, it's weird that that's how we are, but we can connect with people when they've done things that we've done, right? So um she works some, with some really high performers and she helps them take things to the next level. She's also got a lot of awesome content, really cool YouTube videos to help you get through your blocks or through these different mindset challenges that we have. And yeah, we had a great conversation and I really appreciate her opening up, sharing space and adding value to everyone's lives. So I'm sure you guys will get a lot of value out of this. I know I did and I had a pleasure speaking with her. So um so we're going to get right into it, guys, with uh, Jasmine Terrany coming right up. Jasmine, what's happening? Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So as we were saying in the, uh, in the intro, um, I, I was reading up on you and I was, I was really loving like a lot of your stuff and great energy. And then I got into your story and it was, it was pretty emotional. Yeah. And, and the way you tell it on your site. And then I hear, I watched you tell it in a video. It was very like close to home. Yeah. So, you know, the, with this show, sometimes we don't go as deep on certain episodes. Sometimes we talk about adversity in other ways, but I'd really love to kind of, um, if you could tell us your story here and really sure. kind of paint a picture of what you've gone through, because sometimes, you know, we we're, we don't really know what it's like because we have these tools, but we don't have to ever use them. Right. You know, actually stuff happens in your own life. It's like, yeah. Oh wow. I got to use this stuff now. So yeah. oh, I got goosebumps. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then, and that's kind of what shows you like what you're made of in like your yeah. in the hardest time. So if you could take us back a little bit, maybe just give us a backstory sure. of, of your past and, and, you know, kind of how you got to where you are today. All right. And how, how deep are we going? Because I, I can go deep if you're into it. Well, you know what? Wherever you want to start, because I always find wherever anybody starts is perfect. And, and, and yeah, I mean, wherever you think would be the most powerful to start is, is up okay. to Um, So I grew up in a home that I think was pretty far from ordinary. My friends used to lovingly refer to it as Willy Wonka's factory. So my house was shaped, was painted in all different pastel colors. The cabinets in my kitchen were all different colors. There were hot pink leather couches and signs and wall hangings of ice cream and hearts. And 
my mailbox was shaped like a heart and the border of my house was purple. I mean, it was like a pretty unique home. And this home really represented my mom's commitment to live from love. And, and you know, nowadays conscious parenting is kind of a thing, but she was a whole generation earlier. She was a meditator and she meditated for an hour every day and she was highly conscious and connected to her own spiritual practice, her own inner work. And she was just a being of love incarnated. And so my home really felt like this love. And it wasn't just like ooey gooey bubblegum, like happy love, but it was deep and it was powerful and it was connected and it was really real. And so I grew up in this beautiful home and, you know, my dad was there too, but he, my mom was the pilot and he was kind of the co-pilot, you know, he, he went along with the hot pink couches. Right. <laughs> I'm, I love it. Cause I'm getting this visual and like, I, I, I love how you tell this. So this is awesome. <laughs> So, um, so essentially I grew up and we would also travel a lot as a family and we didn't, we didn't vacation. We traveled, you know, it was really to, to experience the world and understand how people live. And we'd go places with no hot water and sleep in the, in the desert or in the, with the tribal people or in the villages or whatever. It was like really off the beaten path to experience the world. So I had a really clear understanding of how unique my my life was relative to the world and how unique my mother was i mean i've, I've been to probably over 65 countries of all the places wow. i've been all the people i've met i've never come across as someone who parented the way that my mom did with such consciousness and love and joy but and depth and so on some level i think that i always felt um guilty that I, I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I just, I just got lucky. I was just some like privileged girl, you know? And, and so, you know, I had this kind of happy life, you know, and I grew up and I went to college and I went to grad school and I became a therapist and, you know, like obviously had ups and downs and lefts and rights with like normal stuff, but relatively speaking, it was uh, a pretty positive life. And at some point in, I'll, I'll add some more texture to it, which is that, you know, like in college, my biggest, I feel like I had different phases of my life. Mm. Whereas, um, you know, you, you grow up and everything's good and then you start like growing up. And so I, through like adolescence and um, early adulthood, like early 20s, I really dealt with um, like eating and food and body image issues. Right. I think that, part of what happens when you are privileged or you do have you know a positive upbringing is that there's not really a place for your pain or your sadness and you're not as much as you know the the spiritual approach and you're letting it go or whatever sometimes there's not a real um a real skill set for how to go into the darkness, which for me turned like a boy broke up with me in college and it, and I ended up buying a pound of half a pound box of Butterfinger and like that turned into like a thing. And so, you know, that there have been distinct phases of my life where I feel like this was my growing moment. And so that was kind of that phase of my life where I really had to learn how to deal with pain mm -hmm. and how to uncover and, and accept the depth of our humanness. Right. You know, I, um, I, I have this theory. I'll give you a, a, my, my theory. Hold on. 
Got to wet the whistle. Got to keep no, it. No, but it, it has to yeah. do with my glass. Oh, okay. Okay. So essentially, like I grew up in this home where there was, if you look at the glass half full, half empty, right? And people say, okay, you're either optimistic, optimistic or you're pessimistic, right? You're looking at the glass half full or you're seeing it half empty. And so my, my grew up in a life that felt very full, right? And if, whenever we, we would go and feel empty, I was learning to say, okay, but at least this or at least that. And there's kids starving here and I have so much to be grateful for. And I like had that gratitude muscle so like tightly bound yeah. that I didn't know how to hang out with this part and how to deal with the pain. And so a lot of my work through my, like those years and like my body image and all these things and having to be perfect and having to look good and having to be as wonderful as my mom was, I had to actually learn how to become the glass, how to create, to understand that like the real spiritual practice is becoming the space that allows the duality to exist and developing real skills to be able to deal with the hard stuff, not to avoid it and to not at least it or to just be grateful for the other things, but to really see the beauty and the depth and the growth that comes from the pain. Right. So that was like a, kind of the, the beginning of my, my evolution. Um, and, you know, I have books on the topic and, and, you know, it's gone on and I, you know, found my husband and I started a private practice and, you know, have different phases through there. But it all kind of came to head after my son was born um, when my, you know, it was just like a sunny afternoon. My mom was coming to meet me for lunch and, and then she just, she just never arrived. Yeah. And essentially you know, she was driving on the highway and that was it. It was, she was, it was her, her, the week before her 65th birthday, age 64, oh. mile marker 64, and she was gone. And I had uh, a surprise birthday party planned for her that weekend. Oh, man. And I had 50 people who uh, were scheduled to be there. And her, we were going to go on a cruise, 50 people. We were all going to go on a cruise together. And her birthday became her funeral. And everyone was oh, already God. booked to be there. Yeah. So needless to say, like my love bubble burst. And, uh, and that became the real, the real shift for me. You know, you, you always talk about the hero's journey and that was my realization that like she was gone and there was this huge void void in my life. And it was my turn to, to be the mommy now. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, a, it's been an interesting process since then. And, uh, and I felt, uh, like from the instant then that she she left i i always felt very connected she was a very spiritual person giving me books about death after life since i was a child like it was part of the, our conversations and so you know as much as the, it's been the most painful experience of my life i've also known that it's my gift like that there's i've never experienced i had never experienced this type of pain before and and I feel like I was preparing my whole life to, to handle it and to be with it and to go into it and to not be scared of it and to feel it. And the, not conclusion, but, you know, at some point my, my 
realization was on the actual anniversary of her death, on the day, like she died on January 22nd, 2015. And one year later, on January 22nd, 2016, I gave birth to my daughter. Wow. On the actual day. That doesn't give you goosebumps, everybody. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what will. That's... Uh, both me and my brother had the biggest gifts of our lives on the anniversary of her Really? Death. Yeah. I mean, that's... Wow, that's... Yeah. Crazy. If, and I know if anyone was going to let us know that there's more going on beyond this world, it would have been her, you know? And so, 100%. so after my daughter was born, I started writing this book, which was essentially for me, you know, as part of my healing journey, but it was my realization that I wanted, my mom was such an extraordinary mother that I wanted to be an extraordinary mom like her. And well, how did she do it? And what did she do? And why, how did she make it look so easy? And so I, I really put together all these nuggets of of parenthood that were like the foundation of our home and the foundation of who she was it wasn't like you know brush your teeth before bed but it was like how to be you know not what to do but really how to be and and as i was reading writing this book i realized that that guilty feeling that i had felt growing up of being undeserving of not earning the type of love and beautiful warm connected life that i that I was so grateful to receive, but I realized that not only was I not guilty, but I did deserve it and that all kids do. And that perhaps she's gone so that I would find the courage to share and, and go beyond. So it's not just through my kids, but so that other people get some, some love nuggets to how to love, love themselves enough to be able to love their kids better. Right. So you have the different levels that you've kind of evolved in there's, there, there's, there's so many things there I want to unpack. I want to yeah. really, I, I really like to talk about the worthiness part because, you know, you being um, a therapist and dealing with the mind and, and people's belief systems, and all this stuff, what is with the worthiness? Why do people have a lack of worthiness? Like, why would somebody that comes from a great family feel that they don't deserve it? And this stuff, this happens all the time. I'm not enough. I'm not enough for this. I shouldn't be doing this. I should be suffering. I think, I think it's biological, actually. Yeah. Um, the not enough voice is pretty standard, like yeah. in everybody's head. And I think that it's both our blessing and our, I think that that's how evolution works, right? Because if yeah. you feel enough, you're not going to grow, right? Mm. Because you're not trying to fix anything. You're not trying to improve okay. anything. So if you look at it biologically speaking, like you look around how amazing humans are and everything that people have created is because well, that doesn't work or that should be better or that's not enough or that's not enough or that's not enough. And so there's always this growth model that's happening, right? Which is really beautiful because it helps us grow and improve. But the problem is when you believe it as like a truth versus seeing it as like a, a mechanism to help evolution. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. What is, so what are some of the things that, your mom talked about, about the afterlife and being and stuff. Cause this is super important too. I find this fascinating. Yeah. Well, and I think comfortable that, with that, the, the next journey, right? Totally. Totally. And I think that death is the only thing that's inevitable in life. It's like the only thing that's going to happen is that we're all going to die. Yeah. For sure. You know, and we're so ill-equipped to, to know about it, to prepare for it or to, to handle it or what do you do? Or everyone's so uncomfortable. And, 
And she was really into it. Like she was really into exploring it and meditating and she took courses and like she was really into learning about possibilities and what happens and energy and and all of these things and and you know she would give me books have you ever read this book called many lives many masters no but i'll definitely it's a good read um she gave me books about it when since i was 10 years old like it was always part of the conversation that that it wasn't a fear it wasn't like I were scared to die. There was like a looking forward. Like I picture her, I mean, the fact that she died, like her death was this perfect package of a life, like mile marker 64, age 64, everybody was booked to be there. Like it, uh, she like had this perfect spiritual, like connected divine path. And it just like completed. Like I didn't have to see her body. I didn't see the car. She was there one day and then she was gone. Like wow. this was like this instant thing that, and the people in the car who hit her car happened to be people from her hometown in Great Neck, New York, who my cousins knew. I mean, in Florida, uh, there was like all of these synchronicities. I have like lists of the synchronicities. Wow. Um, but she was into that stuff and she believed in that stuff. And it, for me, I think the, the hero's journey part was that I got my divine connection through her, that I felt that she was divinely connected and she was protected and she would meditate with us before bed and I always felt that like she was my connection to the universe or God or divine and now that she's gone what keeps coming up for me is that now it's my turn I have to create that own relationship or that own connection for myself okay uh fascinating stuff and yeah I what I like to get to the bottom of as well because I was sharing with you earlier I went through a sudden death also and I, you know, before that, I was in a very toxic lifestyle, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying and just dealing with it that way. But when my dad died, I had given up booze. I'd given up all that, but I really started to practice meditation and gratitude. So when my dad died, I had those tools that I wouldn't have been able to use before or even understand. Can you maybe walk us through your process of like how you dealt with that and how you equipped maybe your husband? And your and well, I guess your little ones, your other no, little my ones. My dad. Like, I mean, it was oh, really dad, the hardest. Well. My dad. My dad was the one. Yeah, I had a I had a one year old kid, a house renovation, a new marriage, not young marriage, yeah. and then my dad, my devastated father. She was remember, she was the pilot. He was the co-pilot. Like, Did he buy into all the stuff that she said over the years, or was he kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah? Yeah, know, he, you know. he called it. He called mom and her hippie shit. Like that ah, was. His okay. <laughs> but okay. yes, I mean, yes, in that on some level he was down with it, but not yeah. practicing until it happens. It's like, okay, what do I do now? Right. And Exactly. And, yeah. and I think that she was preparing us our whole lives. Right. Which I feel really grateful for. And I, I talk about that peri- period of my life with the binging and the eating and all these things, because you call it alcohol. I call it food. Some people are shopping, some people have sex, some people have social media. Like we all have our vices, our drug of choice, if you will, because we're not, as a society, taught how to deal with our pain. Yeah. We have comfortable feelings and we have uncomfortable feelings, right? And it's coming back to this glass half full. It's not that half anymore. But we have no. pleasant feelings and we have unpleasant feelings. And we are taught that the pleasant feelings are wrong and are bad and we're not supposed to have them and that there's something wrong or that we're supposed to be happy and we're supposed to be happy and we're supposed to be happy. And so that we're, we are taught the wrong mode i'm being strong and i don't usually say the word wrong and i'm i'm yeah. i'm using it intentionally because 
the, the, we're taught an avoidance mechanism right. to deal with our pain, which is to go find something that gives us pleasure instead of deal with it. Mm. Right. And so the real work is to learn how to deal with pain. And what I mean by deal with it is hang out with it. Like part of that journey when I was younger is like my friends, you know, I was like 20 years old or what are you doing on a Saturday night? I'm going to stay home and cry. Like, awesome. You know, that this is, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm not going to avoid it. I'm not going to go drink. I'm not going to go do all these things to think that I'm helping it or lessening it because that just, it's like if you have a love tank and it's empty and you start pouring in alcohol, you pour in all these different things. What does it do? It makes it more empty. It just fills it temporarily, right? Mm. And so the idea is how do you fill it with actual love, right? And so I think that there's like, if you have, if we all have a, a, a love tank, right? A car doesn't function properly without gas and we don't function properly without love, right? And I think that there's three ways in which we fill our love tanks or we could potentially fill our love tanks. One is this extreme kind of addictive thing, right? This is the drinking and the smoking and the, shopping and the sexing and the social media and all these things. The second is a little bit more subtle, which is like distractions. One is like real avoidance mechanisms and another is distractions. One's like working or exercising or watching TV or calling a friend or being on the phone, just like not being with yourself. Yeah. Right. And then the last one is actually loving yourself. And that comes to really loving your pain. And when I say love, I'm not saying like, I'm saying unconditional acceptance, like an open hand. It doesn't mean, oh my God, I love it. But I'm accepting that my wholeness is a result of the fact that this is part of me. And my, my ability to accept and love, right? Unconditionally accept, I call love. Accept this part of myself is what fills up that love tank and is what essentially makes that pain dissipate but the intention isn't to get the pain to go away it just naturally does it's like if someone's ah, and you hug yeah. them it releases right. right but if you beat them up when they're crying and they're in pain and what's wrong with you and we shouldn't feel this way and just go hang out and just go do it then it, it makes it worse right? right so it's like how to become a loving parent to your pain how to become give real like hugs and space and presence to your pain. So how does somebody practice that that's suffering? Like how are, you know, going through whatever it is they're going through? Because there's always something going on that we don't understand with somebody. And how can somebody apply that in their own life? If they're so I think that there's two styles. I mean, there's plenty of styles of people, but people deal with their pain in distinct ways. So yeah. I'm I was a glass half full person. Okay. Yeah, okay. So for me, because my natural instinct is always to be like, well, I shouldn't feel this way. I should be grateful. I mean, she, she died, but at least, you know, I had her for this long or like yeah. whatever. There's like my natural instinct is I have these mechanisms already in place to like pop out of the pain. Right. Right. And to like not go there. So for me and for people who are like that, I, I work primarily with high achievers who are like logic oriented and who do this kind of yeah. thing, which makes people successful, which gets you really far, yeah. right? But it also doesn't work in this other way, in this kind of personal life, in this emotional heart life, that strategy doesn't work. So for those of us who are more logic driven and who can find the gratitude, 
it's a matter of going into the pain. It's like hanging out in the darkness. For me, with my mom, every day, I would go to a gym class. I would go to like a spin class. It was a dark room and I would cry. I would literally like, you know how those spin classes where they play the music and I would just fall and getting emotional thinking. I would just like go there and cry every day. And that was setting my time to be with my pain. And then, you know, I would journal and I would just like let myself be with the pain and let the tears flow. And I didn't put a rule or a limit as to how long I was allowed to be sad for. I cried every day for probably a year, every single day. And I made it and I didn't, I didn't poo poo myself. I didn't like belittle it to other people. I didn't say, oh, I, I don't know, I'm still sad. I should be over. Like, there was nothing about that where I really just honored, like, I'm going to hang out with this pain and give love to this pain for as long as it needs. Yeah, that's so powerful because I've talked about this lately too. And now that you're saying this, I didn't even mean to do this, but I was going through a breakup. I didn't cry too much, but I, I, I had this like deep, that sick feeling, right? Yeah. And, and I, I just learned to sit with it and I meditated on it in nature. And eventually it passed yeah. because when you allow it to come in, it's like, it can't, you're like, okay, I'm going to feel this. This yeah. is okay to feel like this, right? Is it, how important is that to be okay with it? Because life isn't always sunshine and rainbows. No, totally. You're going to go through pain, feel it, almost enjoy it. Cause you know that you're like, you're embracing it. Growing. You're yeah. growing as a result. And I think that's the beauty of it is that. Yeah. The understanding that the pain of it is beautiful and the, and like if you can handle your own pain, you can handle anything. Yeah, that's because so true. you're I mean, listen, unless there's a bomb dropping on your head or like snow, right? But like the average first world life. Yes. If you can handle your pain, you can handle any circumstance because every circumstance triggers a response. And if you don't have a tool to deal with your response inside of you, then you can't handle life. Right. Right? But I just wanted to come back to that idea that, so there was the one hand of the people who are the high achievers, who are the positive people who like do this thing that I do, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's a world of people who are stuck in the darkness, right? Who are always in the misery, who don't have that muscle, who are like, woe is me, like life sucks, everything, right? And so what happens is the majority of our self-help like world is towards those people. And so it's saying, let's learn gratitude. Let's learn how to see this half full part. Let's strengthen. It's like you focus and like get strong and mentally tough and exercise and do all these things where you're like, like willing your way out of it. Right. Which is part of it, right? You need both, right? You need the mental strength to be able to see the other perspective. You need the mental strength to like bring yourself to the half full part. But the ultimate goal is to become the glass. Right. So you, they're just two different paths. Like somebody who's always in the half full needs to go through the half empty to become the glass. And somebody who's always in the half empty needs to go through the half full to become the glass. That's such an awesome analogy. Yeah. That's what my book's about. So that's, that's yeah, that's the next thing. So, so yeah, let's, let's talk about how this has made you a better parent in general. Like, I mean, because you are a parent now and like, you've obviously had all these values installed you had a great upbringing. You've been through some challenge, but now how has this, how has this made you a better parent? Like, how is this helping? How are you helping other parents? Yeah. So it's a good question. Um, I think that the real point of parenting is that 
that we're fellow journeyers with our children and that they are our teachers just as much as we are theirs. And I feel that way about my marriage too. I think that that our, our love relationships, our relationships with our parents, our spouse, our children, our siblings, kind of like these people closest to us are our biggest teachers because they're our triggers, right? It's like, you're never, I don't know you, right? So you're never going to trigger me the way that my, my dad's going to trigger me, my brother or my husband, right? And, but what happens is that because oftentimes we're not well equipped to deal with these triggers, we create space with them and we, we don't let them in or develop the closeness that we were supposed to develop or we're capable of developing because it's uncomfortable. It comes back to those uncomfortable feelings, right? And so with my children or with my husband, I see them as my, as my soul's teachers, right? So everything that they do that annoys the hell out of me is my opportunity to say, okay, well, why aren't I compassionate right now? Why, what am I struggling with? What is it about me that's making it more difficult for me to see their perspective? And so everything that I find challenging becomes a new mirror to look at my life and to look at myself, my own work, to see how it is that I can be evolving and growing and better communicating or better understanding or better listening and making it less about me being the answer and the be all for them and making it more about what do I need to be learning from them. So the lessons that you learn from your mom, do you kind of, do you find yourself doing the same things or have you kind of, are you very similar in that way? Like I think I like to it- think that, you know, something that I find really uh, powerful is that whenever I question myself, I find comfort in knowing that I'm a product of her. Yeah. And, and so I like to think of like, she didn't grow up the way that she raised me. Right. That wasn't her upbringing like parts of it, right? Like there was, it was a functional world that she came from. I do think dysfunctional goes down from generations and generations and so dysfunction, right? So, you know, my uncle read my book and he's like, oh, well, my mom did some of that and your great grandma did some of that. I'm like, oh, I come from this lineage of healthy functional families, you know, which is interesting. Great. Um, Yeah, right? And so then it's like, okay, well then that could be developed in how do do we expand that in the world? but also I think that she, I, I, this thing with the darkness was something that I went kind of beyond where she did. Like she didn't, she wasn't as like connected with the darkness as I pushed myself to be. She was more, my, my uncle would joke that she was, um, she was really grounded, but her feet were like six inches off the ground. <laughs> she was really grounded in the sky, you know? Um, so I, I like to think of, of me kind of taking everything that she brought and then like bringing it to earth. That's really awesome. <laughs> she sounds like an amazing woman. Yeah. I, um, yeah, this is, I love these kind of conversations talking yeah. about this stuff, you know, and everyone's got a different perspective of everything and it's just so, it's awesome. I love your glass perspective. I keep thinking about that. Like, no, and I, I always come back to it because I mean, yeah. if it, it really, for me, it's all about love, but it's sure. not, it's, it's unconditional acceptance. And when you can love and accept yourself, that's the thing about the kids too. When you can love and accept yourself and your pain, then you can do that with theirs, right? Like, and people in my practice, my clients, 
I can only take people as deep as I've been willing to go myself. Right. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Right. I can only love and accept and deal with people's stuff to whatever degree that I've been willing to deal with mine, you know? And so you, you gotta be practice what you preach and you gotta be willing to do the, to do the work. Yeah. That brings up a good point. So being a therapist, if you haven't gone through that, how challenging is that? And you know, what's it like being able to actually, you know, that's the thing is like, once you go through it, you can really have a better perspective on helping people, you know? And like, how important is that? Because obviously we don't want to go through a lot of bad stuff, but right. then it's like, right. no, but it's at true. the same time, it's like you become better at it. It's like the more, the more stuff you've been through, the more equipped you are to help right. others. It's like, right. it's true. That's a good point. Um, well, I mean, I work primarily with kind of super high achievers, yeah. type A perfectionist types. Okay. So I work with people who are on a similar yeah. world. So like, I don't feel that I'm equipped to deal with people who have been through significant traumas or thing, things of that nature because yeah. it is so far from my realm. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's a lot of, you know, fine tuning and working with kind of high functioning people who are super successful, usually in like certain areas of their life are really successful, you know, in their professional yeah. life particularly. And then the personal life thing is where my bread and butter is, is the relationships, uh, is the confidence, is the anxiety, is the feelings, it's the connecting with yourself and others. I'm, I like, I'm, I'm the feminine energy to the masculine energy of like the, the professional, like achiever person. So like awesome. I bring in the soft, the softer stuff. Well, that's so important what you're doing, yeah. right? Not everybody has to deal with like the real, real, like hard, hard trauma. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's not for like, not everybody's going through that either. You don't have to go through that in order to be successful or, you know, like that's. But I think that's a really good point is yeah. that, and that comes back to that guilt yeah. of feeling like, right. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I have clients who are like, this is a stupid conversation. I'm sorry. Like, why am I talking about yeah. this silly thing? And it's like, no, this is your thing. And this yeah. is your life. And this is your journey. And this is what your soul needs right now. It has nothing to do with how bad somebody else has it or how somebody else, like relative, like fine, at least you're aware and, and you're grateful. But for you to disregard your pain because it's not as bad as someone else's pain is being really mean to yourself. Yeah. I hear it all the time with stories too. Just, I, I always test people just to see like, what's your, you know, to ask about their backstory. Like, Oh, it doesn't matter. My story doesn't matter. It's not, it's not like I, you know, I didn't get in a bus accident or whatever it is. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You don't have yeah. to go through that. Like, and then they tell me something. And I'm like, you don't think that's a story. You don't right. think that's worthy of a story. Like, listen, like no one's gone through that. You know? Right, and, it, and it's yours and it's yeah. your life and it's your journey. And these are your lessons. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. So let's talk about your books. I want to make sure to get that in. Maybe uh, walk us through a couple of your books there. You got two out, right? You got another yeah, one? Yeah, I've, I've got two books. Um, I have a few courses that I'm working on getting out too, but they're awesome. based on the books. Um, cool. One is Extraordinary You, Master Your Feelings, Master Your Life. So it's really about this topic, this glass half full, half empty. And it's I, I see it as kind of a be your own therapist book. It's really what I do in session with clients and give you all the tools to be able to do it for yourself, right? It's like to learn how to deal with your uncomfortable feelings because when you can deal with your uncomfortable feelings, you can deal with anything. Um, I thought I'd turn that off. Um, and then my mommy book is called Extraordinary Mommy. 
uh, a loving guide to mastering life's most important job. So this is my ode to mama. And um, it's just, it's a, a book that essentially is these 10 nuggets of parenthood of who to be and how to show up for your children, not what to do. And, it, and it's great for, I think, new moms in particular. There's kind of, it, it evolves. It starts kind of with babies all the way to teenagers, but kind of core concepts to come back to as a parent. And it's from the perspective of, I'm not an expert parent. My kids are three and five. I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out too. But I did have this excellent role model and I'm trying to pull from the role model through, through my own, you know, psychological, spiritual, emotional understanding and, and putting it all together in little nuggets. And every chapter has little, you know, summaries at the end. And it's a, it's a pretty short, easy read. And it's a good uh, baby shower gift. So that's, that's the idea. So if you know someone who's pregnant, you give them a baby, oh, a baby shower. Box. For sure. Well, and I'm sure there'll be little, there'll be things your kids will test you with that you never thought were going to happen. Oh, yeah. You'll be like, oh, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I didn't put that in the book yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the way it goes, right? I don't have kids yet, but I mean, I admire parents because I go, sometimes it's like, man, it's hard enough for me to just get my own stuff right. I know. It's, <laughs> it's hard like, work. It is. Right? It's really hard. And to be able to do a good job, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it takes a it's lot. It's the most important thing. It it's really is. You know, these and it's way people. easier. It's way easier to do it well from the beginning than to like deal with, <laughs> deal with yeah. the repercussions of not doing it well, you know? So. Well, how important is that zero to eight time, right? How important is that? Yeah. Because all the limits of age. Yeah. Or what is it? I, zero to 10? I know. I actually heard it was zero to five. Yeah, or it's like wow. the real foundation of, of. Yeah who they are. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Where can we all find you? So it's clear. Cause I urge everybody, make sure you check out our website. It's awesome. Great videos about, about you and yeah. your story. I really enjoyed it. I love the videos and it was, uh, I got, I felt like I got to know you. Before. Oh, good. Yeah. That's a I, good mean, way. I, have, I have on, on social media and Instagram and, and YouTube, I have little advice videos. I have a yeah. channel on Grant Cardone TV. And so I have yeah. all these little advice uh, channel uh, advice videos and you know I have a newsletter so they come in your email if you want them and then I'll give you links to my actual books you can get them on Amazon cool. and my website is jasminebalance.com j-a-s-m-i-n be like boy a-l-a-n-c-e dot com jasmine balance and you know if you're interested in sessions or anything and want to meet me there that's how you find me Awesome. Yeah. Your YouTube channel's laid out really well too. Really clear. It's like, it's got all the how to everything. And that's, that's people just want that simple. Yeah. I, they're all like one minute. Somebody actually, awesome. a, new client, a new client who came from getting my newsletter. She's like, your newsletters work. Your videos are 60 seconds. I was like, perfect. I was like, yeah, everything you need to know in 60 seconds. But you know, people, we have no uh, attention span attention span these days right? you need that hook the the nice clear picture to click on there and keep it simple yeah keep that's it simple. awesome what about the people that want to want to meet with you they want to have your sessions can you maybe talk us through a little bit of the different, yeah, different sessions if they sure. really want the real deal the real deal um <laughs> thank you i uh i see everyone virtually so my practice yeah. is 100 percent virtual it's either phone or zoom Mm -hmm. And sessions are 50 minutes long and I meet clients weekly and you can either pay per session or you can buy a package and, and we go from there. So usually if you're interested, we can set up an introductory consultation. I talk to somebody for, you know, like 15, 20 minutes on the phone, make sure we're a good fit before we start rolling. Awesome. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to keep an eye on the time because I know we both got calls coming up, but I want to make sure we get this last question in. And it's, it's always my staple question. Out of all of the adversity challenges you've gone for, what is one thing that, you have, that it's taught you, that you've learned from, that you, could, that you can apply or give to others to apply into their life? I think that the truest success is when you're good with yourself. And that if you can handle you and you can take care of you from the inside out, then, then everything else is much easier. And so that the, the inner work is really the foundation of the home. Like if you really think of creating a life, your inner work, your spiritual, emotional, psychological, physical foundation is the foundation that we require to build anything on top of. So if you want to put marriage on top of that, if you want to put profession on top of, you want to put social life on top of that, you know, you can't, if you're not building that on a solid foundation, then everything eventually comes crashing down and it's not as solid as it could be. Right. Well said. (laughs) That's so awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is lovely. I really enjoyed that. (laughs) We'll have everything um, in the show notes to check you out, Jasmine. I uh, urge you guys to go check her out. And if you want to work with her, hit her up. It's, um, you know, there's so many things that we need to address in our lives. And sometimes you just need somebody to talk to and get through this stuff to take your level to the next game, to take your game to the next level. So, yeah. yeah, Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, excited to follow your journey and see what else you can create. You too. Take All care. right. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Share it with a friend. Let us know if you got if that impacted you. If you got a bit of an emotional lift, if it touched you a little bit, tell your friends about it. Subscribe. Leave a review. Do whatever you can to help. I really truly appreciate you guys, and I'm on a mission to inspire as many people as possible. I need your help. I want to share more stories and just keep bringing you the value over and over again. So. I love you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.